1: Hey, I'm Paul Stevenson and this is episode 90 of Vintage Rock Pod. Getting close to the ton. This is the ultimate classic rock podcast with a new episode released every single day. You get an extended interview just like this one every Monday. Well, I say extended. Just wait for today's. And short four or five minute daily episodes as well. They come out Tuesday through Sunday on a show that I call This Day Rocks. Loads of classic rock content for you wonderful classic rock fans now today's interview is an interesting one to say the least lead guitarist and songwriter from Hanoi Rocks a brilliant band who I really do love if you're a long time listener you'll know that I interviewed Hanoi Rocks lead singer Michael Munro on a previous episode of Vintage Rock Pod absolutely loved it he's a great guy with loads of cool stories and I loved hearing all about the Hanoi day so please do check that out Hanoi Rocks, though, if you're not familiar, came through from Finland at the end of the 70s, early 80s sort of time. They had punk stylings, they played and rocked hard, but they had the flamboyance of image too, the look of the hair metal bands that would emerge after them in the 80s, and many say they were a major influence on the glam metal scene in America. They played a lot over in North America, despite very little chart success over there. They were the first band from Finland to actually chart here in the UK though and they had big success in Japan as well as Europe and Michael Munro, he became the first Finnish act to have a hit on the Billboard 200 with his solo stuff after Hanoi broke up. Anyway, tragedy befell the band when their drummer Razzle was killed in a car crash in which Motley Crue's Vince Neil was driving under the influence. That had a huge effect on the band and they broke up not long after. But anyway, Andy McCoy was the guitarist and principal songwriter in the band. Jack, star, Bam has a tattoo of Andy on his arm. And Dave Grohl once said on meeting Andy, I've met my first rock star. Now, I wanted to speak with Andy because a solo record that he released just before the pandemic struck is being re-released as it really did go unnoticed with everything that happened. It is a good record, there's some really good songs on there and it has a nice mix of styles too. Now, when I did the interview with Andy, it was early evening Finland time, and I think he'd had a couple of drinks. He is very outspoken, as he always has been, and as a warning, you may not agree with some of the things he says, especially early on in the interview. As I said, it's an interesting chat, and I did my best to try and keep him on topic. And for those reasons, the interview is a little shorter than the usual big interview shows. But before I play it to you, I just want to quickly say a huge thanks to everyone who really enjoyed last week's interview with Corky Lang. I told you it was a good one, didn't I? The names of the people he's worked with are incredible. Obviously, he was in Mountain with Leslie West, but he told stories about John Lennon and Jimi Hendrix and Keith Moon and Mick Ronson and Ian Hunter. Honestly, fantastic, fantastic stories. If you've not had a chance to listen to episode 89 yet, then make sure you scroll back and hit play. You will not be disappointed. One of my favourite interviews of the last few years. And a big thanks to all the new subscribers on YouTube as well. We're so very nearly at 4,000 subscribers now, plus almost a million views on the channel too. Crazy numbers. If you haven't checked out Vintage Rock Pod on YouTube yet, then don't delay, get over to YouTube, type in Vintage Rock Pod. You know the deal. Hit the subscribe button, it's completely free, and you'll get to see loads of interviews, clips, fun short videos, and much more all on there, so don't miss out. But... Let's get back to today's interview then. Andy will give his thoughts on COVID, not shy with those. He'll talk about the new record briefly, touch on his time in Hanoi and the re-release of the newly remastered Oriental Beat album. He actually said if he ever saw the original producer, he'd punch him. Plus he's working with his daughter who's embarking into the world of music as well. So a lot to pack into this short interview. So here it is, the best part of my interview with Andy McCoy. So I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful guitarist Andy McCoy, famously with Suicide Twins and Hanoi Rocks, of course, but he has released his own solo music for a long time as well. And something that's very exciting right now is the fact that he's reissuing an album that came out kind of just before lockdown. It was lost in the, the pandemic kind of phase, wasn't it? You originally released it not long before the world went crazy. Right, yeah. Yeah.
2: It was like four days before they closed all the borders and shit. Yeah.
1: So what did you have in the pipeline for, for the tour and stuff? Where were you going to go and, and take this?
2: We were going to go all around the world, but it, it went to hell due to the hysteria surrounding this COVID. To me, I don't think it was nothing more than your average like, superflu. They come roughly about every 10 years. But this was the first time the computers were—they were in the game, feeding on hysteria. And it became just ridiculous.
1: So 21st Century Rocks then, I mean, it's a, it's a hard album. It's a, it's a it's a great album. I mean, I've, I've looked at some of the reviews. Classic Rock magazine praised its punk attitude, ballsy riffs and infectious choruses. All Music said it's a fun, unpretentious rock and roll record. It's nice to hear that kind of stuff said about your music, isn't it?
2: That's what they've always said, so I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, whoever wrote them. I'm glad people
1: like so tell us about the, the record itself, then, about the, the writing and recording of it. Can you remember? Because obviously it was a few years ago now, but can you remember the, the, the process behind the songs yeah. and stuff?
2: Basically, I just thought I want to put out put a new record out, and uh, that was it. We booked a studio. I had way more songs than I needed, so now the digital versions gonna have two bonus tracks that were not on the original one. We just basically recorded a bunch of my songs and didn't think much more of it. We were ready to go and promote it. And as we spoke earlier, then this... COVID bullshit the fan. it's a
1: fantastic record and it's available to buy again as we said it's being re-released and you can buy it properly there's deluxe vinyl editions as well which look fantastic there's purple vinyl there's clear vinyl as well and all these extra songs and stuff on the digital release and people can check that out at andymccoy.bandcamp.com and you can get all the details and see where you can buy the physical versions which is always fantastic to have these days but uh, another record that you released recently I think it was just last year was Jukebox Junkie it's a fun record uh, it's versions that you've
2: uh, my educational record.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's songs that you've chosen to cover from the likes of I don't know, Iggy Pop and David Bowie and Squeezer on there. So tell us a little bit about that record, too.
2: I just thought there were so many songs that I never got what they deserved. You know, I don't think people really understood how heavy, you know, the real story behind uh, China Girl. David and Iggy friends of mine so it's a bit of a like thank you to them for the music and all the fun you know through the years it's also meant to be an educational album because, you know it's got songs from the 50s the 60s 70s I just wanted a tasteful albums worth of good rock and roll That never really made it as big as it should've, you know. Otherwise, those songs they had the wrong promotion, wrong timing. They never got the recognition I think they should have, you know.
1: Absolutely. And Again, people can check that out on the on the same website link. If you go to andymccoy.bandcamp.com, you can see all the different versions there, the CD copies and vinyl and orange vinyl. So if you're into all that kind of stuff and collecting the vinyl like people are nowadays, it's really a big thing again. Check out all these new records.
2: I think vinyl's got a better sound, you know, because all this digital stuff, they got built-in limiters, equalizers, And once they're built into the machine, you're listening to the device, you're listening through, you can't get rid of them. But on a vinyl, you still have the air. So these digital formats, they like squeeze out the air. And I don't like that. On the vinyl, you still hear that the air which surrounds us, which is a part of music. Is audible, you know, so I prefer the vinyl, so I always have.
1: Sound-wise and visually and physically as well, because you we get to hold these things and appreciate the artwork and everything that goes into oh, it. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, the covers can be like pieces of art, you know.
1: Absolutely. And uh, another record we're talking about as well. I mean, um, you and Michael and the rest of the guys worked recently on the reissue of um, Oriental Beat, didn't you? I mean, originally it wasn't the way you wanted it to sound, but you've gone back in the studio last year and you've made it sound the way you and wanted Mike, it. right
2: originally, back in those days, were great. But the dude who was supposed to produce it, oh, fuck, he totally destroyed the album. uh I, didn't, I couldn't recognize our band when I heard the final masters. I was like, and it had already been printed. We were back on the road. And then the tapes got lost for like 30 years, 40 years. Then someone found them, and uh, me and Mike remixed it. And now it sounds the way it should. We didn't add anything, we didn't take anything away. So it was, we were working with the same tracks as we had back then. um, But I'm sure any idiot can hear the difference in sound. What was in it? It was a gem of an album, but the producer murdered it. Uh, and that's a guy, if I ever see him, he'll get a beautiful punch in the face.
1: <laughs> but it's sounding exactly the way you wanted it and envisioned it to sound now that you, you and Michael have, have sat and worked on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, when it came out, it was our second album. It has to be strong enough to follow the first. And because of the sound quality back in the day, the way he destroyed it, uh, it's slowed our career down by two years, you know. How do you repay two years
1: of someone's life? You know? Very difficult indeed. Very difficult indeed. And speaking of things like that, I mean, you and Michael obviously fell out uh, for over many years, but you're friends again now. You've you've patched up your differences.
2: Yeah, everybody's, yeah. But I'm the type of person, I don't go back to what I've already done. Uh, I always move forwards. Once an album's done, uh, I'm already looking forward to the next, you know. And now I'm working with my older daughter, uh, Sophia. Sophia Zita. It's Zita with a Z-I-D-A. Sophia Zita featuring Anthony McCoy. That's my daughter. We put out the first single. And it's called Three Words. Ah. So check that out.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We'll have to give that a listen. Sounds fantastic. What sort of, what sort of style is that then, Andy? Well,
2: you'll hear it's uh, like the first single three words. It's way more Caribbean, reggae Okay. And that's a great change for me to...
1: Uh, And so when you mentioned Iggy Pop, just a a quick word about Iggy and and your time with Iggy. How did all that come about?
2: Uh, It's just hanging out in L.A. All the musicians know all the musicians, you know. It's like anywhere. Same in London. He wanted to do a tour for this Instinct album that he'd done with my mate Steve Jones, the Pistols, and Steve couldn't travel because he was wanted in the U.K. or something ancient crap, a really petty little thing too, but he couldn't get the work permits and he couldn't leave the U.S. or he wouldn't get back in again, a lot of political stuff like that, so I ended up playing with Jim, with Iggy that is, and uh,
1: yeah, it was a good time. So how long did you, did you work with Iggy then, was it just that tour, or was it a bit longer than that? A couple of years. Fantastic stuff. And what was he like to work with? What's he like as as a person and, and a, a musician and a performer?
2: Uh, he is an extremely intelligent guy. Uh, he's a great performer. So he was very easy to work with. Very professional. Very good. I haven't got a bad word to say about him.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Andy. I wish you the best of luck with this reissue of the album, 21st Century Rocks. So I recommend everyone gets on to the, the website that we spoke about, andymcoy.bandcamp.com and get their vinyl versions of these copies because they're absolutely fantastic. Okay, thank
2: you. I'm glad you like it. Yeah.
1: There you go, Andy McCoy. Please do check out 21st Century Rocks. It is actually worth a listen. It is a really good record, so please do check it out. And if you feel so inclined, check out his daughter's music as well. It is a good song. I've had a listen. It has got that kind of Latin kind of feel to it. It is a very poppy record, and there's a fun video, and Andy appears in the video as well. So definitely worth checking out if you've got a spare few minutes. Anyway, that's it for me and this week's big interview show. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Vintage Rock Pod on your podcast app so you get all the episodes. Remember, they're released every single day. And please do leave Vintage Rock Pod a five-star review on that podcast app that you use. It makes a big, big difference. Look for Vintage Rock Pod on YouTube as well. Check out all the videos that I post from the interviews that I do. You'll see Andy's uh, video go up on there as well, so you get to see how he was on the uh, fun interview. There's loads of other stuff on there, the YouTube stuff as well. Daily Classic Rock polls with more than a 1,000 votes on it. Loads of great discussion on there, so please do check that out out and i'll give you a quick peek into next week's big interview show as well a fantastic guitarist who's worked with david coverdale for many years so you definitely need to catch episode 91 which will be released next monday but i'll be back tomorrow of course with another this day rocks so until then take care
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill?
2: Yes. <laughs> My mom My
0: mom From airship